The Working Artist Project is brought to you by Second Line Arts Collective. Learn how you can support at secondlinearts.org. We're creating a platform for those who are curious. One that tells the story from the artist's perspective. Moments in time, captured from the innovators who are reshaping dance, music, theater, and the visual arts. This is The Working Artist Project. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to The Working Artist Project. Darian Douglas, how you doing tonight? Oh, Greg, oh, man, you know, everything is beautiful, man. Every, everything. I'm thankful today, Greg. I'm thankful for, for the bags and the, the waking up at 3 a.m. because my kid is like uh, screaming for some milk that I'm not going to give her because we're weaning. It <laughs> <laughs> sounds like so, you got your hands full. Did they? Uh, did you learn any of this stuff at jazz school or is this? Oh, man, they taught me. Fly? You know what they taught me at jazz school, man? Like they told me about two five ones and how much money I was going to make. It was great, man. It was like, you're going to make negative three million. No. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, hey, hey, Darian, how do you make a million dollars playing with jazz? Oh, you start with five. That's how you, you make go. All right. Hey. Well, hey, 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 hey. <laughs> <laughs> we're on the same page tonight <laughs> that's right yo but we we got a dope artist tonight man we, and uh i think we've both you've probably known robin longer than me i'm, I'm sure you know I, I will say with robin i haven't had very many opportunities to be one-on-one -on -one with robin but you know robin is an ambassador of the city of new orleans she's probably one of the most in-demand vocalists and i'm gonna say entrepreneurs also out of this city and uh, she's just, uh, I think she's the complete embodiment of the things that we're trying to teach and encourage here on the, on the Working Artist Project, you know, a fantastic artist and also taking care of business. So I'm really excited to have an opportunity to sit down uh, with Miss Barnes and uh, see how she does what she does. Absolutely, man. Robin, Robin is a true beast, a beast. And sometimes, some, for some reason, man, my name keeps changing to Gregory Ajit on my thing, but don't worry, we'll, we'll deal with that later. But without further ado, let's welcome the one and only Robin Barnes to the Working Artist Project. What's up, Robin? Hi. <laughs> <laughs> See, Robin got all the energy tonight. You know what I mean? Me and Greg, sleepy. She come here. What's up, y'all? What's up? <laughs> Hey, you know what? I will say having an almost two-year-old, I, I cannot believe how I have energy. I, I don't know how. I don't know how. Darian, I'm right there with you. The way right. you're like, no, no, go to sleep. Please go to sleep. Please go to sleep. <laughs> almost ma not knocked the macaroni out of my kid's hand a few seconds ago, man. Oh, I walked no, in there. Not the macaroni. Like, man, <laughs> macaroni. Because, man, she was looking all energetic and shots. Man, this macaroni, man. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> You can't babysit my kid. I'm just kidding. <laughs> my kid likes to eat, y'all. She like she's a New Orleanian. She likes her food. She have a favorite New Orleans dish? <laughs> no, actually, her favorite dish is um, so she's always been into red beans and rice until I had to film in uh, San Francisco, and and the crafts table she was introduced with seaweed. So now she's obsessed with seaweed. None of my relatives understand it. They're like, oh, uh, she keep robbing. I don't know what she keep asking for some seaweed. Who want to eat the seaweed? Is that grass? And I'm like, no, I'll get it. I'll go get it from Whole Foods or something. But she does have a New Orleans accent on particular words. And it makes my heart so happy because I love food so much. But I didn't realize my family and I have an accent when it comes to the word eat. So like yeah. now she's like, she'll be like, Let's go eat. <laughs> like, oh, mama making food, so we go eat. I was like, where's it coming from? Yo, I That's love that. So awesome. Raising a Robin. real New Orleanian. <laughs> Robin, so so dig this. Why don't we for the people who don't know you, why don't we start at the beginning and kind of just give them a a, a a brief synopsis, real brief about what, where you come from and because you come from the history of this music, right? Yeah, yeah. So um, my name is Robin Barnes, uh, born and raised in New Orleans, Louisiana. My family has been here for over nine generations. Um, I, my cousin is uh, Dave Bartholomew. Music has been a part of my family um, for the longest time. I grew up in the Lower Ninth Ward 
and my entire family's musicians. I'm one of, I'm the baby of seven, six are boys. So all of them play music. And so, uh, all, the only instrument left for me was vocals and violin. I chose the vocals. I do play violin as well though. Uh, and then I went to school, got my, um, undergrad in music and marketing, um, I'm marketing and business administration, got my master's um, in business and decided to just start doing my own career, uh, really being my own uh, agent manager. And then from there, I became a billboard charting artist as an independent artist. I have become a cultural ambassador, U.S. cultural ambassador. And yeah, I think that's it. Oh, and New Orleans Songbird, that's my name. And it's trademark. Shout out to everyone else. Yo, you missed you miss one. You missed that you're a fitness guru. Oh my gosh. Okay. Yeah. Like yeah I have a, <laughs> too much stuff. I, uh, yeah, I'm also the founder of a fitness um, company called Move Your Brass and it's all free community classes. Um, I created that to encourage actually musicians because of my, uh, my situation. We can get into how that got started, but initially it started for musicians and now we're serving over probably 500 New Orleanians every month, all free. That's, that's so fantastic. And, you know, Darren and I are both fitness enthusiasts, and I honestly believe that having a healthy and uh, working body is uh, an integral part of being a working artist slash functional human in this world. <laughs> <laughs> so I appreciate what you've been doing with that. Darian, did you know, man, both of y'all have uh, business degrees, uh, undergrad, undergrad degrees. Uh, well, you know, when you go to college, man, you might as well get something that's going to pay you, baby. You know what I'm <laughs> saying? <laughs> that's all I'm saying, brother. I'm leaving right there, man. So, no, you coming, But coming from a musical family, how did you end up going and getting a business degree in school as opposed to studying music? What was the reasoning behind that? because all six of my siblings went to school for music and my parents were like yeah no 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 you you're you're the girl you need stability you should work for like corporate america go to school for business and i got i finished my undergrad and i said okay mom and dad i love you but uh, i'm gonna do music and they're like baby you know the best time to get your mba is after your undergrad and the mba usually takes two years i did that in a year and a half because i was just not about it finished my master's and my parents were like, baby, you know the best time to get your PhD. I said, no, I'm not teaching. I'm just going to sing music now. I love y'all. Sorry. Bye. <laughs> no, Robin, it's, it's very interesting that, you know, because my, my parents were the same way, like go, go do something else. You know what I mean? But I don't think that people realize how entrepreneurial being a musician is. Right? Like you're your own corporation walking around every day trying to get somebody to buy your product. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And so so going to business school is, is like really invaluable. And it's almost maybe people should just do that instead of doing music school because you don't really need somebody to teach you how to play if you're serious. I, I agree. Not, yeah, okay. I, I feel like, you know, for me, I, I rebelled. But then when I decided to do music full time and I couldn't get a gig. I was like, oh, I'll find an agent. And then I would find agents and I'm like, wait, do you think I don't read this contract? Or do you, wait, you get what percent? Do you, you know, Google exists. I can at least Google what's the standard for this and that. And I was continuously finding people that didn't want to represent me because apparently I would stand up for myself. But it would be amazing to think of things that you learn in business school literally set you up to be able to be a musician, to have the capabilities of, it could be the basics of just, Forming a business, because at the end of the day, as much as we are artists, we are our own product, like you said, Darian. And how do we uh, how do we make a profit from that product? And I know musicians don't want to be like, no, it's not about the money. And it's like, yeah, but when you own and you have no gig and what is there? You know, I mean, at the end of the day, you need to have some kind of stability or long term plan. I sound like my parents. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, you know, you know, Greg, they make this thing. It's called food and they don't give it away for free, bro. That's all I'm saying. You know, you gotta eat, baby. Like gotta they don't eat. You gotta eat. I mean, both of y'all are parents too. And I, I'm sure uh, both of y'all's children don't really care about how much drums or how much you can sing. They just want to eat. Right. Exactly. <laughs> Did you so, Robin? When when you were in business school, did you have uh, was it challenging to keep up music and and also study business, or how how did you handle both of those tasks? 
So for me, the challenge is exactly what the challenge is now, right? I mean, there's only so many hours in the day and, you know, business school was daytime, but gigs were nighttime. And I also try to live a healthy lifestyle, but at the same time, I mean, you're eating late at night. You're a little bit at the time I was drinking a little hungover for your class or trying to balance both. And I think that the tools that I learned in college of how to balance both is why I'm able to continue to thrive as an adult and having more gigs and more challenges or more businesses, being able to really um, maneuver through that. Because at the end of the day, most musicians, we are practicing, 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 practicing. And we never utilize that, that skill to be a multitude of things. Usually it's so super, um, super focused on just music when in reality, musicians are the most capable people to be able to balance and juggle more than one thing. Mm-hmm. No, absolutely. I was just thinking like something I think that's very interesting about you is you think outside the box uh, <laughs> with, with your creativity. And, and, and one thing that came to mind is some stuff you were doing for TV shows and stuff, but it wasn't necessarily like, a straightforward thing. You want to talk about that? Yeah. So, um, and actually never, I never talk about why I think I'm outside the box. So you guys are the first for me to talk about, but um, I'm actually Mexican. So growing up, um, the traditional way of learning, I always, I always change things up. I always saw different variations. Um, if someone told me that there's a circle and you can't step out the circle, I would figure out how to raise the circle and slide under the circle. You know what I mean? Like, that's just how I think. Um, and that really helped me really maneuver my, my, my career, if you will. I think with, I was able to see a little firsthand at 23 that basically we're not invincible. Um, I ended up coming from a tour in Greece and had a rare strain of a kidney infection that left my right kidney permanently damaged. And at that time, uh, there was no insurance. So pretty much my entire life savings was going towards paying my medical bills. And that was a scary life because when you're not gigging, there's no money. And I was depleting my savings just to be able to stay afloat and stay alive, being able to balance everything. I was on eight medications, four were painkillers. No one experiences that at 23. Um, So that really totally changed my life as far as we're not invincible. What is, you know, I hate this. I hate when people say, what's your plan B? I don't believe in that. I just believe in what's your plan A side way of B, C, A, F, G, I, T, T. Like, you know, I'm still doing music, but how do I continue to make um, what they call uh, slipper money? How do I continue to make um, some kind of stability that can maintain my lifestyle if I can't gig? So that really segued me into also thinking outside the box. Um, my cousin, Dave Bartholomew, who I love more than anything, um, partnered with Fats Domino. You know, you walk into his house growing up and this man has gold records on his walls. And all he told us growing up was, you need to invest in owning your music. You need to invest in diversifying what you do with your music. And you definitely need to um, try to do music licensing, things like that. Now, granted, I didn't understand what that meant until I got sick. And then I was like, wait, how is my, my cousin who you know passed away at 100 years old, how is this man still making money? And he hasn't picked up the trumpet really in like 30 years. So I really dived in to realize music licensing or trying to figure out how to really cultivate some kind of balance of that. So I segue to television. Um, I pretty much just scoured the earth, if you will, and saw if there was any production happening in New Orleans. And I would talk to music supervisors and try to pitch my music. And I was able to, you know, I've been successful uh, with being able to get that on television. But I tell everyone all the time, if you can create music licensing opportunities or if you can create partnerships, the biggest lesson I've learned is just tell everyone everything you do. Tell people what you want to do because you'd be so surprised how many opportunities I, I received only because I mentioned it once. And they and I, sometimes I'll tell people, I'm like, well, wait, you always you always did this? And they're like, yeah, I had a friend who I went to college with. She's an editor of three of the hit TV shows you all have seen. And I'm like, wait, how come you never put my music on there? And she goes, swear to God, talk to this girl twice a week. Oh, I never thought about it. 
not until you said something. And I'm like, what? You know, so I'm a big advocate on, you know, don't be annoying about it, but, you know, try to have communication with people, try to have relationships and let people know who you are and what you're looking to do, because you'd be very surprised how many people who love you or who support you just, you know, innocently don't think about you in that way. Yeah. It's, and, and I love hearing that too, because, you know, we're all through and through New Orleans and, you know, this scene is for the most part, not built on longevity type uh, situations. Like we're talking about um, copyrights and, and uh, making residual income from your art. And, you know, most of the scene here is you play a gig, you get a hundred bucks, 200 bucks, you go home, you play the gig again tomorrow and, you know, you make enough money to, to make it to the next gig. And so the creativity and the foresight that you have in, in uh, you know, as far as like in relation to New Orleans, I think is really cool because you actually, I feel like you're one of the few cats from our generation who just, you didn't wait for someone to create the opportunities for you. You actually went out and uh, created these opportunities. So for, for the cats out there who are looking to reach out to those music supervisors or, you know, production people, like what is a good way for them to make an initial contact or, Absolutely. Um, my biggest recommendation is, you know, definitely check out um, the sync up with uh, Jazz and Heritage. That's a really great opportunity because I will tell you, not many people attended and they will bring in 10 music, 10 music supervisors. And at the end, you have these sweet people to walk around like, well, the greet, meet and greet went well. No one came up to me. And I'll be like, hi, how are you? <laughs> like, Give me your card. <laughs> You know, but I mean, like we, there's a lot of programs that have these opportunities to meet these um, music supervisors, the New Orleans Film Festival. You know, I, I would say that, you know, cultivating opportunities with these talented people who may for, you know, it could be building a relationship. They may not be able to afford a full sync opportunity, but they can order, offer you something that can still be a relationship segue to something bigger because just as you want people to invest in you as an artist and you believe that you're going to be successful and you're going to soar high, you need to also realize there's a lot of people in the other industries doing the same and building those relationships, seeing those people, because there's a lot of New Orleans um, filmmakers who have made it to Sundance Film Festival, who have became award-winning um, directors and they just keep hiring their friends or they keep hiring the people that made a contact with them. Sometimes it doesn't need to be a best friend relationship. Sometimes, like I said, you just have to make that contact and that person knows who you are. Man, you know, I was just sitting here, I was thinking about something that I thought was stupid that we did in business school. Robin, you can tell me if y'all did this, but uh, (laughs) we had to go around to everybody in the class and shake their hand. Yes. You like teach you how to shake hands, you shake hands like, but the, 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 the gym in that is you never miss an opportunity to, to say hello to a stranger. Mm-hmm. Because, like, if you're in a class with 100 people, think about it, you're in college, right? These college kids in these lectures, 150 people, you sit in your seat and you don't talk to nobody. You should know every person in the class because every person is an opportunity. Like, it's a link. Like, you know it's what I mean? To a music supervisor, to a director, to that editor. Like, that editor knows 50 other editors. Right. Who knows 20 music supervisors. You see what I'm saying? It's a big web, man. And we got to we gotta really be out here taking advantage. So that that inspires me that you're just like, you know what? What I did, bro, I said hello. That was your answer. That was our answer, Greg. <laughs> that was my answer. <laughs> but you know, for me, my dad and my family, as a New Orleanian, we all have that thing where it's like, you know, you're walking down the street and you say, hey, how you doing? And, um, you know, lovingly, you know, who's not from here? Because in reality, you're supposed <laughs> to say, hey, how you doing back? Or all right, you know, and then people go, you're like, hey, how you doing? They're like, oh, I'm fine. How are you? And you're like, oh, no, this is not to engage in a conversation. <laughs> but I feel like there's a blessing in being raised in New Orleans or being in New Orleans that, you know, we really do have to come out of our show because you need to speak to people there. Even if it's like, you know, somebody that might look a little scary, they say, hey, how you doing? You better say, hey, how you doing back? So I think that segue for me because I didn't have as much uh, timidness with talking to people. Um, my dad always taught me growing up is in, I mean, I'm sure you guys can know, even though we've only met a few times, like I always make eye contact because I always try to engage and know about the person because my dad always stressed me. He's like, no one will never, no one will ever remember what you said, 
but they will always remember how you made them feel. And that's why even exhausted as I am at times, I really do my best to engage with people. If someone has the, the, the kindness to come and say hello to me, I have, I might be half awake, but I'm at least going to try to engage as best as I can with a smile and really just try to make that connection. And I think that's really been a big success in my life um, because I don't go out. <laughs> I don't, I don't always make the hangs. Actually, I don't make any hangs. I sleep a lot and I like, I like my sleep because I wake up early, but you know, I like to think when I do collab with musicians or when I, when I do make that call, everyone's always down because they remember that I was very nice or very kind or, and that, and that's something that I always like to tell people. It's like, you know, don't, don't be in your head. I've met so many musicians that may not have known who I was at the time. And I was super nice to them. I was like, Hey, how you doing? And they're like, ah, cool. I'm good. No. And you're like, Okay, but I remember, I remember how they made me feel. And I will tell you, I'm not a mean person, but I really am big on energies and I will not hire you. Never shade, never say anything bad, but I'm just like, I I didn't get a good vibe. If you can't even be kind to say hello, I don't want to start, I don't want to surround myself with that. And that's something you always have to remember in business too, especially that handshake when you're like, you can remember that weak handshake. You can be like, I don't know why he held my hand like that. (laughs) Those and that's funny because like you, a lot of times we always equate these uh, successes to like this grand thing that we just can't figure out. And sometimes it's just as simple as like shaking someone's hand, looking in the eye, and say, "Hey, like nice to meet you. I'll see you around." Yeah, could even be yeah. that. As, as you were saying that, telling that story about being from New Orleans, like man, the moments where I realize how New Orleans I am. And uh, when we were going on tour, a lot of times we have security in the back of these venues. So like I'm, when we initially walk in, I'm always like, hey, what's up? How you doing? Hey, hey, how you doing? And everyone's like, well, why the fuck is this guy talking to me? <laughs> hey, man, I'm, like, I'm not, I'm not going to let you New Orleans feel that, bro. You know, in Mississippi, we say hey, too. You know what I'm saying? Oh, we, just okay. a, we just ain't got the baby on the end. We just like, hey, what's up? <laughs> Robin, yo, so I'm like, how how has failure informed your success though you know how how has that informed your whole life <laughs> i mean i uh failure you know when i was younger i felt like i used to be driven by determination to prove myself with failure and i am grateful for those you know that time because I, you know, it's like when you're younger, you're driven by like, I'm going to show that person da 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 da. you know, like, um, perfect example. When I graduated my MBA and I was like, I'm going to be a singer, you know? And, uh, I learned the hard way, how hard it was to find a gig. I learned the hard way of finding a gig as a woman and woman that doesn't want to sleep with someone and, or the, the contracts. That was my biggest thing. Nobody wanted to sign contracts. They're like, Oh no, let's shake on it. And you're like, no, that's not going to work. So I didn't have a gig for six months. Um, that was hard. And then, you know, but I'm glad because I learned to pivot. I, I learned to research and figure out, okay, what, what are these, some of these venues driven by? They're driven by people. Okay. Facebook just, Facebook was just a thing when it reached the whole God of old. Anyway, won't even go into that. Just say Facebook was utilized at the time. And I just invited all my friends from Facebook and all my uh, my sorority friends, everybody, everybody. And it was a packed house. And the person's like, oh, my God, you're amazing. And I'm like, yeah, I know. And they're like, um, uh, do you want to, like, maybe make this like a regular thing? I'm like, hmm, maybe this is my price, though. And they're looking around like all these people and they're like, yeah, yeah. OK, cool. Got your contract. And I'm like, cool. And then, you know, I just kept it up. But it was one of those things where I learned to pivot. I learned to really figure out what I needed to do to make something happen. Um, Most of the time uh, I have had, you know, I get a lot of as positive as I am. I get a lot of negative uh, people telling me what I should look like, where I, how I should dress. Um, You know, I had one person telling me even critiquing my voice and this was someone like big in the scene. And I, I just, you know, politely said, Oh, thank you. You know, that's my thing. Now, if you ever make me mad and I say, Oh, thank you for your input. That's me. That's me. Oh, thank you for your input. Um, you know, but I, I learned to hear a little bit of the noise 
and try to see what some truth is in there. And I pivot. Um, I learned to get a thicker skin and I've just learned to bet on myself. So having so many failures, having so many people tell me no, having so many people tell me I don't look like this singer or I should sound like that singer. I just learned to just keep pivoting and keep trying to figure out ways around what they're telling me is going to hold me back. Um, perfect example. I was um, doing my, um, my album, my EP, Songbird Sessions, and I was told, um, I was pursuing a manager, and I was told on a call while at the gig, I mean, while, while recording, and you guys know you can get vibed out of something special really quick. And I was on the phone and the guy was like, yeah, you know, so um, I know you're trying to do this, uh, this, this EP, but I mean, what are you trying to do with it? And I'm like, well, my goal is to get, you know, charted on the billboard charts. Hopefully like I said top 20 and this guy laughed on the phone and he said, he's like, oh, sweetie, come on now. Like you think a little girl from the lower ninth ward is going to chart without any marketing backing or any um, record label. And um, I said, huh. Thank you for your input. Thank you for your input. The whole band was like, oh, who is that? I mean, granted, I got the phone. I was like, <laughs> you know, but I was like, okay, okay, let's, let's, let's do this. Let's figure out how to do this. And I did. And I charted four times on the, uh, I charted four times in the top 10 on the Billboard charts for seven weeks. And, you know, I, but it's like, I get, I get told so many no's and, you know, I, I know that through social media, it looks like I'm getting all these yeses, but I will tell you, there's like not even 10, there's like 20 no's for that one. Yes. And I just don't let it stop me. I just keep going and I keep pivoting. Yeah, bro. I get about a hundred no's. Glass <laughs> 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 out of here. I don't want that shit. <laughs> <laughs> no. When I got the uh, got on the call, I was like, "Yeah, I'm I'm doing okay." Well, basically, it was because I got a bunch of no's for, uh, yeah. before this. <laughs> I was like, "Yeah, whatever." Um, yeah, that's 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 something that's like really deep too with the social media. We could always like you know, we're portraying this i this like this fake version of ourselves. I don't know, I, fake might not might might not be the right word, but this uh, um, curated. curated curated version of ourselves. Yeah, exactly. Because I'm and, authentic. Yeah, and I, and I think that's why your social media works too, because it is, it is authentic to you. Because I mean, man, if you have to go up there and put on a face every day, a smiling face, and just put on a show, that's going to get old real fast. Right. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's you're always authentic, and, and people don't know what the the what the process looked like in order to put that post up of like, hey, you know, playing it, you know wherever I'm playing today. No one knows really the journey. Um, but I was really interested when you said, uh, when you're talking about charting on Billboard, and I was wondering, like, like what is the process of getting your music out into those that that type of um, realm or that, that part of the industry? How do you leave New Orleans and how do you ultimately get involved with some huge publications like Billboard? Well, Number one thing um, that I had to learn was, you know, you have to make sure where you're pushing. A lot of this happens so often. You have to know where you're pushing your albums and you have to make sure that those record places are registering your information on billboard charts. That is the number one thing I feel a lot of New Orleans artists miss out on. I think a lot of us, especially your, your first album, I mean, Everybody, your mom was buying it, you know, um, but a lot of artists don't release them on um, through record labels. I mean, through record companies or through um, not record companies, uh, um, record stores um, that actually count that. Um, and, you know, that's that's our background in business. You know, you're like, OK, where are the dollars going? Where's the where how many cds are being sold how many being sold in that first week how many being sold in that first two days you know really getting calculated with it um but i i see that you know i always tell people that and i feel like i've been telling people so many times and no one's listening to me <laughs> everybody keeps putting them in these record stores that don't count it and i'm, I'm my hope is reality i would hope that i'm telling all these artists and they're asking whatever record stores they are doing it, are they releasing it or not to do it? You know, I feel like if enough of us are asking them to do it, it wouldn't matter who's putting it out or where because everyone would be counting. Um, that's a big one. And then also 
the biggest lesson I've learned in my career is, and I, and I say this very lovingly to all y'all and my own husband, who is a musician, branding is everything. And I know that it's, it seems so scary. And I, and I, and the algorithms are all over the place. I don't, I'm not even talking, let's not even talk about the logistics and the algorithms, just being able to solidify who you are in a 20 second video, being able to show, even if you post every now and then being able to show just a little bit of you will give you eons of fans before just posting a photo, you know, like I, I post photos, but I post a photo and I give a story. I tell people why I'm posting a photo because I, I see so many people that will post like, you know, give an example of female singers, right? They'll be like, <laughs> and you're like, is this, is this for an album coming out? Are you doing new music? Are you writing? Are you inspired by something? Did someone upset you? Did someone make you happy? What is happening? And you're like, <laughs> I don't know how to connect with that. I don't know what's happening. And, you know, I mean, I'll still like it, but I'll be like, this is about. That's so art. that's art, Robin. <laughs> it's art. It's art. But you know what? Our attention span these days does not hold tightly to just art. You have to give a little bit and not give a, your entire life, but you just have to be authentic. I just tell people all the time. I'm like, you don't need to put 20,000 hashtags on a photo that doesn't even tell you what it's about. Because if someone comes to your page, okay, who are you? What's in your bio? Some people don't even have a bio on the Instagram and the Instagram's just like, you just put like singer. And they'd be like, oh, okay. This is something artistic. Like you said, this, this means something. You know, I mean, you just have to be able to be authentic, but engaging and marketing and branding is everything. Pat, when we were first getting married, Pat kept posting uh, ginger ale photos. Like <laughs> people were like different ginger ales do love ginger ale. He almost got a ginger ale gig. Wow. Like I was like, do do it. And he's like, nah, I'm, I'm done with it. And I'm like, what? You know, <laughs> and I hold the ginger ale. I'll take the, you know, I'll take an endorsement. <laughs> but I mean, like people, it goes back to the, um, it goes back to the filming and music licensing. If people don't know, they don't know. If they don't know something who you are, really, they don't know how to follow you. Well, something that's really interesting about you is like, whenever I see your name, it's always Robin Bards, the songbird of New Orleans. And maybe could you talk about how you were given that name? So growing up, um, being the baby, I, I was telling you guys, I don't have many, there weren't that many instruments left for me to play. <laughs> so um, it was singing, violin and whistling. So I used to always whistle. Um, I'm, I, I think I'm a pretty good whistler, actually. But, you know, doing little bird noises was my favorite thing to do. And, you know, being named Robin, the first bird of spring, um, my mom always told me, you know, oh, my little songbird, my pretty bird. And then um, when I started doing more gigs and being out there and really, you know, separating myself from my family's jazz band, they people just call me songbird. And then... Um, I was like, I like that. That's, that's a brand. Okay. That's cool. Um, and then the mayor at the time, Mitch Landry was like, we're going to give you a proclamation and you're the New Orleans songbird. And I was like, the minute I got the call, I immediately went to GoDaddy and bought all the websites <laughs> that related to songbird, New Orleans songbird. Um, and I actually, um, I have a trademark. I am the only one, I am the only New Orleans songbird. Um, but I was given that name basically because, you know, Robin Songbird makes sense. Uh, but I utilize that. You know, I feel like it is a branding thing. And I know a lot of people don't necessarily want to have a, a super attachment to New Orleans, right? You know, we don't want to just be New Orleans artists. We want to be artists from New Orleans. And I embrace both sides of that. But at the same time, I am the songbird from New Orleans and no one's going to ask me, so what does she do or where is she from? Instantly you have an idea and you probably get, when I became a U.S. culture ambassador, the guy goes, I didn't even hear you sing, but the fact that you were the New Orleans songbird, I'm like, oh, she, she, she better sing. That's, that's a bold, <laughs> that's a bold title to have. You can't sing, but you know, it's, it's all about branding. 
And that's such a beautiful thing too, because you know, like the the songbird is not something that just kind of like you fabricated in order to get followers or likes. Like it's part of your story, and and I think too, like when as artists, we should all be reflecting back into our pasts and to find those things that make us unique, as opposed to feeling like we have to be inauthentic and create something this like magical thing that's not us. Exactly. That's why they call me the supreme ruler, Greg. <laughs> Go to my website, BarryandDouglas.com. You can get you a Supreme shirt right now for $19.99. <laughs> All my friends call me the Supreme. I don't know if you knew that, Robin. You know, everybody I'm, call I'm living for it. I love it. The Supreme yeah. ruler. Yeah, yeah. Go ahead. Go to my website. You'll see it. DarianDouglas.com. Are you serious? When I call, when I call Darian serious? up, I'm like, yo, Supreme, what's up? <laughs> I'm going to call you that. Yo. Yeah, it's so funny because I always tell people, yeah, all my friends call me the Supreme and like none of them do. I just made it up and gave myself a nickname. <laughs> Start selling T-shirts on my website. It's going great, man. Oh, my God. <laughs> I, I'll buy one just for that story. I will buy one. See, Darren, you already got me sold. I don't even buy T-shirts. I'll buy your T-shirt. Uh, there you go. I got baby clothes too, so I got everybody covered. Darren, I feel like I feel like your story should actually be, hey, you know, when I was a child, my mom would tell me in the cradle, like, Darren, one day you're going to be the supreme ruler. <laughs> <laughs> I believe it. Oh man, that's hilarious. I, I'm, I just thought I heard my sister's voice. I have five sisters, and they all say the same thing. This is not about you. This is not about. So let's get back to Robin. <laughs> <laughs> no, I love it. I actually don't always like, I don't like talking about myself. That's why I always feel bad on interviews. I'm always like, well, how are you doing? And how are you doing? And they're like, oh, I got to talk about you. And I'm like, oh, I'm so boring. <laughs> oh, no, you're not boring. We got we to talk. You know, I, I want to pivot to motherhood. Pivot. pivot. I got pivot. you saying it pivot. now. Keyword. Yeah. We're going <laughs> to we we strong pivot to motherhood because, you know, it, everything changes when you're you're an entrepreneur and all of a sudden you got somebody else to take care of. And, and I think that women especially have this other pressure to be a certain way with children. And you, you can tell me if you did or didn't, but I'm just, you know, I, I feel like in the American culture, that's what's happening. But can, can we just dive into that whole mess? Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, it's funny when I, when I got pregnant with Riley and I had two singers tell me, Oh my God, you you don't even go here <laughs> like why are you here um they were like oh my god girl you're pregnant and I was like yeah and they're like your career is over I'm like dang who says that to someone what? yeah so I got that um you know and the pressures of you know uh people will be like oh well oh you're oh you're pregnant so um I swear to god so is um so you're going to stop singing, right? And I'm like, what? Like, what are you, what are you, what world are you all living in? Um, but again, I, I, I was given a lot of pressure on, oh, well, you should probably take a step back from singing or, oh, you should probably, um, you know, everyone had an opinion, but nobody contributed to the baby registry. Cause I definitely, if you gave me opinion, I text you a baby registry. <laughs> <laughs> Love you that. think I'm you think I'm playing. Oh my God. No, um, and for me, I, I feel like I have a very different case on a lot of things as far as being a woman because having so many male siblings, um, I do have a little bit more mentality of like, you're not gonna tell me what to do. I'm gonna show you, but I can tell you um in a very sweet way. But um, so for me, I, I was like, okay, cool. I had, um, I had baby bird and four weeks later I was gigging. Um, and then I really just became more motivated. Now, granted, I'm more tired, but for me, I feel like the, the, the connotation that women are depleted when they have a child is hilarious to me because I feel like we're more fired. We're more motivated. Um, I'll tell you what, I'm just, I'm working just as much, but I'm working smarter. Um, having a daughter really made me navigate time management better. Um, I feel like with my gigs, my my rates went up and as they should. By the way, anyone watching this, your rates should go up every year. Um, not something crazy, but just incremental. I have to say that because people are like, really? And you're like, yeah, you're not supposed to make $100 forever. Um, but, you know, um, 
my rates went up, what I decided to do, um, who I decided to spend time with, what I spent, what I decided to spend my time with doing and really um, streamlining projects. Now I've planned out a lot based upon my schedule. And it's funny, I feel like I'm busier in, in, in more lucrative and more fun projects than I was when I had all the time in the world. But now I'm a little bit more, um, I don't want to use the word picky. I'm just, I'm curating my schedule better and my partnerships better. There you go. See, you nicer than me. I just tell 80% of everybody call me no. <laughs> <laughs> I, can't, I can't make it, bro. I'm busy. I'm my busy. agent tells a lot of no's. I'm just always like, oh, that could be cool. She's like, no. <laughs> no, I'm not doing that. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, you know, it's funny. I mean, Darian, you said earlier, or you were you were saying too, like when as a, when a woman has a child, maybe the stereotype is that that's the end of the career. But for me, like I was always watching cats having children too young, and like I think just to tie in this conversation too, like I don't think it's it, it you know it's it comes back to the business stuff, and I feel like when, as musicians too, if we don't take the business side of things seriously, and we're only focusing on the art, then when you find yourself in a situation where you do have a child or responsibilities that require some type of financial commitment, if you haven't taken the appropriate financial steps at that point, it becomes much more challenging once you have that responsibility. And like you said, you know, finding the time or making the time now is, is, a, is a lot more difficult and time management is very important. Um, but yeah, I, was, I, I always had the idea too. It's like, you have to have a certain amount of things set up in order to charge the higher rate, to play less gigs and make more money. As opposed to just like, yo, hey, like I just had a kid and I'm going back to Frenchman Street for a hundred bucks. And because that doesn't work. If you have your babysitters, I was, like, I was about to say that babysitter just took a hundred bucks. <laughs> yeah, babysitters charges, charges more than you make at the cat, you know? <laughs> yo, yo dig, dig this. And this is circling back to business school. And, and this is why y'all music's kids need to go take a course in uh, economics. And it's this thing called inflation. <laughs> and, uh, you know, if you if you got paid a hundred dollars in nineteen fifty four, that hundred dollars is not the same in twenty twenty one due to inflation. Google inflation, and then you know your rate should at least follow the the rate of inflation, so your money stay you know stay real. It's just something to think about. But anyway, back to motherhood. Um, <laughs> I mean, right? You have to take that into account. Like it's funny when you become a parent, you you do. It puts a lens on time in, in, a, in a different kind of way because you got something to measure it against. It's like, oh, wait a minute. You was just one day old. Now you're a year old. Oh, shit. Now I'm a year older. You know, like my wife reminded me that I'm turning 37 in a couple of months. And I was like, I'm not. I'm 24. Like, me? I don't know. No, no. Do you I see had this skin? My birthday. <laughs> I did the math, 1985, Mike. <laughs> but yeah, like how how is that played out for you? Just like the time aspect of it, of time passing, I mean. Um, for me, I mean, I'm shocked all the time with with Riley. I mean, both her parents are musicians. So uh I feel like I did get robbed though. Um I had so many plans for her to be with me on Jazz Fest stage when she was, you know, not even one. And I planned for my kid to be a full musician, like being able to at least tolerate the stage. Um, so I missed out on that. And I see the effects like now. So now when we have her on stage, like she's just like, she's like, wait, what is this? Like, oh, is this playtime for me? And you're like, no, no. But, you know, I always, I always get a little jelly when I see other artists that were able to show their kids how to you know, experience this and be chill uh, from the jump and grow up on the stage. And that's what I did. I grew up on the stage. So I wasn't able to do that for her. Um, but I will say that, you know, the time I'm spending with her is so important. Music time with her is very important, you know, as a musician, but also just, I would tell people who aren't even um, musicians, music is everything. Um, being able to, I drove here. My kid's not even two. She's not even two. She'll be two next month. I was playing Ella Fitzgerald in the car on the way here because we always play jazz to her. And I was like, she's like, oh, do you hear the saxophone? I was like, I ain't got no saxophone, that's the trumpet. And Pat went, mm-mm, that's the sax. And I was like, I listened to it, I raised the volume up because it was low, that's my point, it was low. And she was like, yo, she was right. And I was like, what? And so she just, t- like, you know, the kids are phenomenal and amazing, but time is really important. And, you know, time management is this for me now. Basically, 
if I have to be away from her, now that's around daycare. Like if she's in daycare, bet we're good. We are solid. I'm going to work all day. But if it's something that takes away from her during the week, nighttime, you're going to pay. I mean, any time away from her, you're going to pay. Um, and not like astronomical, but just saying like, it's, it's worth my time. Any time away from her is worth, it needs to be worth it for me. Um, but I will say musicians who are wanting to have kids one day or planning kids, it is very important for you to not live paycheck to paycheck or to have a stability because guess what? My, I'm blessed that I have my parents, you know, I'm blessed that I have like 21 cousins. Daycare is fine. Nightcare is expensive. And, you know, Pat and I are both musicians. So we are both gone Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday at times. And having that expense of a daycare, I tried to get a babysitter because my mom and dad went out of town. I was like, Hey, um, could you watch Riley? She's like, oh my God, that'd be great. And I'm like, yeah. So I need you from five, oh no, four to midnight. No, no, four to one. And she's like, what? I was like, yeah, that's about 50 bucks, right? (laughs) 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 But could you imagine like, that's my life now. Like I, I, if I need a babysitter, I need someone from 4 PM to 1 AM. If I have more than one gig that night. Did you by chance tell? So, did you did you by chance tell the babysitter like, hey, look, I'll get you some exposure, and maybe we could work out like twenty percent right? of the bar it and free seems, drinks while you work. It only seems to work with musicians, right? It only seems to work with musicians that we get the exposure thing. Oh my god! Yeah, I'll be like, oh yeah, you know, um, my bartering for them is this. I always barter them. I'm like, because that's the business school in us. We're always gonna try to barter. I'm always like, look, she go to bed at six. So let's be real. You're really only babysitting from four to six. And then you're just chilling, watching TV, eat, eating, whatever you want to do from the rest of the time to one o'clock. And usually at the time they'll be like, oh, okay, that's cool. Then you negotiate. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, dig this, Robin. We, we come into the end here. Uh, but before we go, you know, we got a few more minutes. I, I definitely want to give you an opportunity to tell everybody how to how to hit you in the DMs, how to buy your products, how to get your music on their movies. How, how do they connect? Um, yeah, so just hit me up. I'm on Instagram um, at New Orleans Songbird, trademarked at New Orleans Songbird or on Facebook at Robin Barnes Music or my website, Robin Barnes Music has everything. Um, you know, if you ever want to ask me advice, you know, just send me a DM. Um, definitely, I will say this, don't message me or anyone immediately with what you want. Meaning like, don't go, Hey, my name's so-and-so how you got that gig. And you're like, who are you? Who are you? I get so many of those. If I get in a commercial, I just did that ancestry commercial. People like, Hey, my name is so-and-so how you got that. How you got that commercial. You could give me that commercial or could you just introduce me to the person that got you the commercial? I'm like, where is the, courtesy in this like have some etiquette people isn't but, it yeah, better hit to hit you up and offer you something you know i'm always down for coffee um so many people that i've i've met and made a relationship with that has been lasting and very much beneficial to both of us is the fact that i took them to coffee i made time Again, it's always about not what you say. It's about how you make people feel. If you make someone feel like they're just trying to get something from you, that ben- that benefit won't happen. And in fact, you'll burn a bridge probably. But any other aspect for sure. And if you want to come to any of our free fitness classes, we have a run walk group on Mondays at City Park at, for movie brass. And then we have dance cardio classes throughout the entire week. And we do have yoga as well. A couple, I finally get musicians to come to the yoga. I don't know why none of y'all want to run with me, but... Um, Check out the schedule on Instagram at move ya y a brass or the website moveyabrass.com. Same name for Facebook as well. So yeah, come hang out. And let me let me just say also to the musicians who are about to DM all three of us uh taking us out to coffee, you gotta pay. <laughs> I'm not taking you out to coffee. <laughs> yeah. Hey bro, don't take me to Starbucks, bro. Take take me to the local coffee shop. Yeah. Um, yeah. Don't take me to Starbucks. I'm going to be upset. I'm walking out. I'm walking right, and don't, out. And don't do that thing where y'all, like, people like to come early. They're like, oh, I'm just here early and I already got my coffee. And you're like, 
<laughs> so you want me to go buy my coffee in because you came early? No, 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 no. You're gonna you're going to treat, you're gonna do the little four dollars to treat. Now, granted, don't take everybody to coffee. Try to do your research, see what you're see if you're on the same wavelength or same trajectory of what you want as that person. Don't waste your time. Time is too precious. Don't waste it. And that, that's the beautiful. Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Darren. I'll say all them dates I went on back before I met my wife. <laughs> I guess that was that was fucked up. I should I should have paid for the coffee. I should. <laughs> Man, I went on so many good dates. I ate a lot of really good food. <laughs> Funny enough, Mary, I like I I mean I've dated I've dated lobbyists. I've dated Greek shipping people. I mean like I've been a five star. But all these amazing things, and the whole time when I when I was like, oh, I think I want to date um, Pat. And they're like my parents are like a musician. Oh my God, what are you gonna do? And I'm like, be in love. <laughs> oh, if it works, it works. Hey. There you go. That's it. I'm Find like- someone that you're friends with. That's it. That's that's my that's relationship crazy. advice. Find someone you like. <laughs> if you don't like them, leave. Right. Now we, we gotta have a relationship podcast episode just like Oh God. I, I feel <gasps> oh, like yes, no. I wanna hear all the details on y'all. Mm-hmm. We Especially get, you, we were, Greg. Especially I'm not trying Greg. to. I'm not trying to get canceled. <laughs> hey, if I'll, I'll see you at coffee if you ever want to hear some stories. <laughs> look, um, look, we can we can go coffee, Greg. I'll take you to coffee. We can fly and visit uh, Darian sometime. That's right. Killing. But Darian, you go pay. I'll, I'll pay. I'll pay. With my, hey man, my car is gonna bounce, and I'm gonna be I'll be bouncing with it. <laughs> Check it out. Hey, Robin, before we go, where, where are you Where are you going to be in five or 10 years? What's your What's your dream gig? Where are we going to see you playing? Um, I will probably be cherry picking my, 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 my tours and my gigs. I probably won't be weekly. Um, I will probably be doing more uh, music licensing and really just, like I said, cherry picking my tours and just trying to maneuver the best I can, continue making different, diversifying my incomes and taking over the world and making the world a better place. Y'all love that show. So y'all don't forget, hook up with Robin Ooh, Grammy nominated, Grammy award winning. Sorry, I'm trying to manifest that. Grammy award winning. Uh, Grammys, the Grammy coming. The Grammys is coming. I got my money on you, seriously. So don't. (laughs) (laughs) Love you guys. But you know, it's it, what's really what's really hip too is again like kind of just having been watching your uh, your growth as an artist over the last ten years. You've really you've done it. You, you've you've taken all the steps you ne- you needed to do. You've been the the first mover in all of the the great projects that you've done. And I, I really you know as someone watching you, I have all the admiration and respect for all the things you've been able to accomplish and still be a really kind and wonderful person. So we really appreciate you doing that showing Thanks us how it's done like, that means a lot that really does Absolutely. y'all my name is darian douglas and i'm gregory ig we'll call it a night let's do it yeah Bye. Is- oh there you go getting it for free tonight <laughs> <laughs> catch y'all later y'all this is the working artist project